and welcome to another episode of Talking Fucking Bollocks. Hello. Yes, I'm a little bit happier than the last episode. Woo! Boy, was I in a mood. So, hello, welcome. This is Talking Bollocks. I'm your host, Howard H. Smith. I sing in Acid Rain, the UK thrash band. I do stand-up comedy as Keith Platt and myself. I also do the Motorcast, the official Motorhead podcast, where today's guest, Pascal Daviat... Um, first appeared where I first spoke to him where I first met him and now he appears for the first time on Talking Bollocks and if you want to support Talking Bollocks then get to patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith not Smish there is a live link in the fucking show notes if you click it it says support the podcast it'll take you there um i did say there was gonna i was gonna put some links in the description during this interview but unfortunately i haven't done that because i haven't got time only just finished doing the interview but i tell you what i have got time for that is time for getting stuck into the news the big news the biggest news of all hmm Slayer guitarist Kerry King hints at 2024 debut of his new project. Yes, Kerry King is set to make a return next year with his band. All that we can, all that we know is exactly all that we knew before this came out. Basically, the entire news story is that's it. It's, he's going to make his debut in 20. No more information than that. Still only know Bostaff as a menu, uh, menu as a member. Fuck me, I'm all over the place with the fucking words already, aren't I? Hey, really? Anyway, next news story. Well, Wendy D- right. Wendy Dio says Ronnie James Dio hologram worked for a while, but she's not doing that again. Well, I don't know if Blabbermouth, right, are, are trolling uh, Wendy about what she's saying there because that headline appears underneath a still of the hologram that looks fucking terrible i mean honestly ronnie looks just like fucking he looks like a waxwork version of ronnie he looks like what ronnie would look like if he was in kiss he's just it's fucking ridiculous it's i i i mean I'm going to be. I'm sad to sit to see this news because the the whole Ronnie James Dio hologram thing for the for you regular listeners, it's been quite. It's it's given me a rich vein of of um, of news stories over the years, and it's it's sad that this will probably be the last one. But I am going to leave. I am going to put that picture up for you. I'm going to link that to the pod so you can have a look. Um, I'll link the story, but I will also put the picture in the show notes as well. It, it's yeah it's not it's not good it's not good i'll put it out on social media that way you'll definitely see it anyway next up well slipknot parts way with parts ways with drummer jay weinberg now that is how the story broke initially um but it's then been updated with basically jay weinberg saying um i'd like to uh uh, they put out the initial story, but he's since saying that basically he got a call in completely blindsided, didn't see it coming, which, yeah, I, I cannot even speculate as to why that is or whatever. I mean, usually, you know, you get a vibe, but there you go. So, um, yeah, Slipknot looking for a new drummer. Um, next up, well, this didn't go down very well, did it? Um, so 
Download 2024, headlined by Queens of the Stone Age, Fallout Boy, and Avenged Sevenfold, and Boy. Um, I'm going to say social media did not react well. There was not a great deal of uh, uh, of people celebrating that at all. Um, and I'm looking in the official release, and they seem to have met, they seem to have left out Pantera as well, which is just about the only other, no, there they are, we, uh, and Machine Head appearing on a festival. Um, so yeah, all in all, I don't really do download, so um, I, I, you know I wasn't waiting for the announcement when it came. It didn't look particularly surprising to me, but there you go. Um, here's another thing that's not a surprise. Register this as not a surprise. System of a Down have scaled back greatly on touring over the last few years. I mean, last fucking 10 years. With only one performance taking place in 2023. And guess what? They're playing the same gig again in 2024. Brilliant. And basically, it's a whole story about what they're not doing. It's yet another whole news feature on what System of a Down are not going to be doing. And that is playing live sod i mean as for like don't even mention new material i mean you know are we back here again we are i'm covering news that's not news it's not news is it it's not now now follows two similar articles of not news but don't worry howard's got a little ace up his sleeve so van halen's van halen's jump featured in christmas commercial from uk branch of mcdonald's van halen's classic song jump is featured in a christmas commercial from the uk branch of mcdonald's directed by shannon murphy the 92nd spot from advertising agency leo burnett uk invites the nation to ask friends and family and co-workers co-workers fancy a mcdonald's christmas the commercial which shows um communities from across the uk and ireland and blah, 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 la, 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 la. Yeah, anyway, fuck it. There you go. Next story. Judas Priest, you've got another thing coming used in iPhone commercial from Canada's TELUS. Canadian telecommunications company TELUS, in partnership with marketing and communications agency The And Partnership, has used Judas Priest's classic song You've Got Another Thing Coming in That's So Metal, a campaign to promote the arrival of Apple's new iPhone 15 Pro made with titanium, i.e. made with metal. The 30-second ad sticks with TELUS, uh, with TELUS critters-centric stylish approach, complete with a Highland cow, silky chicken and Shetland pony. I don't know what that last fucking sentence meant. It sounds like something out of a fucking porn novel. The 30 second ad sticks with Tellus Critters centred stylish... Uh, right. The 30 second ad sticks with Tellus's Critters centred stylistic approach complete with a Highland cow, silky chicken and Shetland pony. Those are the words, folks. I'm just fucking reading them. I don't... If it doesn't make sense, it's not my fault. But anyway, there you get it, right? Two non-fucking stories whatsoever. Well, what am I going to do to address that? Here is Howard's heavy metal advertising news story turns out ladbrooks uk can't afford the rights to reign in blood ladbrooks live the new way to win thousands of free tickets to electrifying live events 
Sign up at ladbrookslive.co.uk. 18 plus, UK, max one account per individual. Enter free draws to win event tickets from designated list. Max one win per week. Restrictions and TNCs apply. Oh, you heard correctly, that's right. Those fucking betting cunts at Ladbrooks. Oh, they've gone and tried to get somebody to fucking plagiarise Slayer instead of spending the fucking money. What a set of twats. What an absolute... I mean, could you hate fucking betting companies any fucking more than you do already? Thought not. Well, I'm here to help. Now you can. Now you have the proof. Fucking hell. They will just... They will not... There's no level to which they will not stoop. What a pack of cunts. Anyway, look, that's that's really rather negative energy to take into the interview. Now, what I'm going to say straight away is, if you've got a chance to watch this on YouTube, um, it's probably a good idea because there's going to be two or three points during this where Pascal, he sat in his workshop, by the way, and you can see a pair of Lemmy's boots in the background, the whole thing. And um, in the work, he's going to bring various things to the camera at points. But, you can still listen to the podcast. You're not, you know, you're not massively missing out. You could just dip over to YouTube when you fancy. Anyway, look, I'm just putting it out there for you. Really enjoyed this chat with uh, Pascal. It was really good to talk to him again. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I literally got done doing this not very long ago. So in fact, the file has just finished saving. So I'm going to go get it and drop it here for you now. Yeah, yeah. It's it. So it's been about. Um, uh, I was just checking actually. Well, it's, yeah, it's over a year. Um, yeah, because it was uh, shortly before my Instagram got hacked. Yeah, uh, and uh, um, you know, uh, yeah. Well, now I see you. Yeah, yeah. I got hacked in June of twenty two. Right, and yeah. I was locked out of my account for fourteen months, and finally, you know, I'm back in. So, you know. I mean, I had created another one and all that, but you know, it's just it's just a hassle. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, it was yeah, it was weird because you disappeared, and it's such and it's such a major thing for you as well. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a perfect marketing tool. You know, it's it's so visual and I and and I, you know, you what I like about what about I like about your stuff on Instagram, and I think I'm right in saying it, is you don't use filters. You, you know, you want people to see. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. how. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, that's a good enough reason. That's a great reason. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I show what I make, and you know, sometimes the light is good, sometimes sometimes not so good. You know, I found out that you know, like uh, after five p.m., I get better light. That's pretty much the extent of my photography skills. <laughs> that, that's that. That's the extent of your filter skills. Yes. After five o'clock. I'm a, I'm a boot okay, I'm a boot maker, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of which, one pair that were very close to my heart, as you'll see, because I sent you a bunch of messages about it, were the um the the evil dead boots. Yes. Um that I mean they were incredible. Uh yeah, it was it I don't it's strange. I never had that many likes on a pair of boots. But I mean, yeah. it's not like I had twice what I normally get. Or no, it's like I normally get, you know, on a pair of boots, like about 300 likes. And what's it was something strange happened because I posted it uh, 
you know, about, you know, on, on a Saturday, I think. And I was at about 250, 300 likes until the following Thursday evening. And it started Friday where started people started liking it in droves. I'm over 4,300 uh, likes. I never right. had any. I so never someone, had a someone has shared it. Someone somewhere. A lot of people must have shared it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's what I suspect because you know, like, I don't know how the the algorithms of Instagram work, so I don't know what happened. But that's by far the most successful picture of uh, I ever ever had. Wow, wow! And, and what were they? Um, what were they, what were they like to make? Because they looked, I mean, so beautiful. It looked like the Book of the Dead wrapped around the boot. Is what it looked like. Yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, it's for a uh, a gentleman named Joe in um, Alberta, Canada. And he's like a big uh, horror. Uh, he's a big horror fan. He's got a uh, he's got a YouTube channel where he actually did an unpacking video of like the boots arriving at his oh, house. Wow. Just, oh, right. I've got to. I'll dig yeah, that out and stick it in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Go, uh, go uh, check it. At, uh, it's uh, House of Strumming Skulls. That's his Instagram, and I'm sure from there right. you can go to. Cool. And yeah. the the unpacking of the evil dead boot, and that was pretty. You know, I wish I knew computers better than I do, so I could have posted it online because I'm sure that would have been super interesting. And um, yeah, he's a big horror fan, and he wanted you know because I've I've made a book of the dead wallets, which right. I you know which is pretty good because you know it's a you yeah. open it, it looks like the book of the dead, you know, like Absolutely. in the movie. Yeah, so I'll, heard, I'll, yeah, you've got one order here, definitely. Yeah. All right, so I've I've made quite a few of them, and I even do the inside, like like in the movie. I I, I really go crazy on these because oh, it's wow. And right. each one, and the thing is, uh, to make it look like ripped flesh, uh, it's got to be very somewhat disorganized. Yes. And yeah. I just you know I just showed him like a, a vague doodle, like a line drawing. Because, you know, it's like I'm going to work the texture in the leather as I do it. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm not really good at rendering it with pencil. I'm better with leather. So I just gave him a, a rough idea of what I was envisioning. And it matched what he had in mind. And uh, and I went from there. And uh, that was a very, very fun boot to make. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I had a great time. They've come out amazingly. Are, were you a fan of the movie? That'd be uh, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be uh, the if they ever if they ever redo a, a series, another movie or uh, a, another run of Ash versus Evil Dead. That'd be uh, that'd be yeah. pretty. That'd be pretty good. That'd be a good yeah. thing to have. I love yeah. Ash versus Evil Dead. I I loved it as well, and it's just it, it's a shame that you know. It's just time is against us. Bruce Campbell, you know, ain't getting any younger, and um, and it's a really demanding role, and um, yeah. you know, but mind you, and they can it, wheel out, keep wheeling out. Um, it uh, ran what five? It ran five seasons, something like that. Uh, three seasons, I think. Three seasons, yeah. You know, so how many episodes were they in total? It's just you know, it's, it, there's not that many. It's not that many. It's yeah. only about, I think it's only about maybe, six maybe or eight episodes. Maybe that's why it's so good. It's condensed. Instead yeah. of like stretching and having things that, okay, you know, this could be trimmed. And, uh, you know, like you see in a lot of TV series, it's like, okay, you know, we can, we can stretch one more season out of that. It's like, no, yeah. now, you know, it's, it's, I think it's better to, you know, they, they went for 
quality over quantity and they succeeded. And I think it's, you know, even, even if it ends right there, I certainly would love to see more Ash versus Evil Dead. Well, but... that well, there you go. Always leaving wanting more. And, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm in complete agreement. I'm, I, I don't yeah, because it, more, it but, ends yeah. where he's in the future. He's recovered his hand. He's still in the... <laughs> he's still in that Dodge... Uh, what is that Dodge... What is, no, it's an Oldsmobile something. Yeah. You know, it's uh, and from time to time I see a few of these around. Oh, brilliant! Brilliant! Oh, that that'd be good to have that car. <laughs> there. Um, well, look, make sure you check out that link I sent you as well because that's um that's oh, a well. video to that's a video to the song that we uh, that we did and it's a fan video. We didn't dare do one because if we you know we knew they'd come down on us for using any footage. It's a fan video and he's just he's used all footage and nothing's ever happened. So uh, um, yeah, check it out. But anyway, look, one thing it was, I was thinking about talking to you and I, I really wanted to know how, you know, how have you ended up where you are now? How do you end up, you know, first of all, I presume becoming a cobbler and then specializing in boots. Is it, was it just something that was organic and then you become, you know, boot maker to the stars. It's, it's, it's um i just can't imagine how that all came together it's like i don't know i, I feel like i'm a, i'm a ball on the pinball machine <laughs> and you know, every time i go one direction like life just goes nope you go there and that's uh it's always that's always been you know uh, uh my life things happen and i just i play through, I, I do the play through game let's see what happens and uh, I, I was working at a uh, at a store in Brentwood, which is on the west side of L.A. And I did a lot of custom belts and little repair stuff like that, you know. And uh, and I got fired from there. And uh, I decided, you know, I always wanted to make boots. So I, I, I took a knife. I cut up my boots to see how they were put together. And I made my first pair. And that day, a friend of mine came to see me. And he was like, hey, how are your boot project going? I'm like, well, I'm wearing them right now. They fit. I had no idea what I was doing. I had, it's 1996, 1986. There's no YouTube. There's nobody yeah. to turn to. I'm in LA, not in Texas. It's not like mm. I can go down the street, find a bootmaker and ask him how you do that. I yeah, but also, to... but also, you know what? It, 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 you, you go to these people and you say, how do you do that? And they say, well, you go, you know, you go away and work at it for 10 years and come back. You know, they're like magicians. Yeah. No one's going to reveal their secrets. Exactly. So I just figured things out myself. And so my, my, uh, my friend, Brian, he, uh, you know, my first, first day I got my boots on, he's, he's like, well, make me a pair. And, uh, and that's how it started. And next thing you know, I was making more and more and more. I still had a job. I made, uh, I was making boots at night and yeah. on weekend. So from a, uh, I went full-time boot making in 2021, late 21, like October 2021. Uh, 2000 October 2001 sorry and um, so from 96 to 91 I had a daytime job and I was making boots at night and on weekends so it's like three hours of sleep a night was five years yeah so uh I just you know I just I just I was grinding that's yeah. all I did yeah. I, that's all I did and and in 2001, uh, my friend Lee Miller, who's a, one of the best, greatest bootmaker that ever lived, uh, I had met him the year before in Texas in Austin at his shop. And, uh, you know, we were talking 
And the year before, I was like, well, I have a, I'm not a boot maker. I'm a guy who makes boots. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm a cabler. I do cable pooling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I went to see him the following year. And uh, we talked about, you know, we talked about that again. And he was like, how many boots you have on order and blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. And he told me, he goes, at this point, your job is costing you money. You'd be, ma- you'd be making a better living being happy making boots rather than you are right now. And I came back. I came back to. Uh, I came back to LA, and I told the guy that I was working for, my friend Jeff, who we're still good friends to this day. I told him, "I'm gonna be. I'm when. When do you, When can I quit? Because I'm gonna be making boots full time." He's like, "Well, then start tomorrow." <laughs> you know, he's like, wow. "Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do." And I mean, you make boots for one person who tells another one who tells another one, and eventually you run into you know, like it's LA. That's where all the celebrities live. So sooner or later, you're going to bump into one, you know, it's right. just, you know, uh, yeah. that I nearly, I nearly got run over by Warren Beatty once, you know, that's LA. <laughs> she crossed the streets and Warren Beatty takes you out. <laughs> you know? And I almost, and I almost hit Johnny Rotten on my bike once. Oh, wow. Right. Was, okay. was, yeah. It was, you know, like, you know, in the winter, it was dark, you know, I'm, I'm going down sunset and there's this guy crossing not on the crosswalk and I just damn the brakes and I, you know, skip and I, I'm like, oh, that was Johnny Rotten jumping in a limo. Wow. That, that, things like that happen in LA. And um, so now we fast forward. I, so I was still making, I was still cabling and making boots on weekends and at night. And uh, I met this lady named Sharon Lee, who's a country singer and songwriter. It was pretty good. And, um, and she's like, well, you know, what do you do? I'm like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm a custom bootmaker. She's like, oh, you know, with all these celebrities, you must be, you know, like rolling in work and money. I'm like, eh, not really, because celebrities expect to be comped. Yeah. That that's the deal. That's the yeah. way it is. They they got they get comped everywhere, everything. That's just, you know, the, the nature of uh, you know of their life. And um and I told her, well, not really, because, you know, I'm not going to comp any boots. The only person I would comp a pair of boots to is Lemmy Kilmister. And uh, she goes, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, you know, she's a southern lady. You know, so she's like, oh, really? Well, I'll tell him because Lemmy's a friend of mine. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. You, you, do, you do that. You tell Lemmy. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure. And the following day, my phone rings. And she's like, were you serious when you said you'd make Lemmy a pair of boots? I'm like, yeah. She goes, can I bring him over? <laughs> and an hour later... I was measuring his feet and we were, we became very close friends until, till the end. That's awesome. That's I awesome. Must, I must hold the record. I, I didn't keep track because I'm an idiot. Uh, I must hold the record of the most boots made for one person. Right. Because I made, because I made three to four pairs of boots a year for 15 years. So let me. Wow. Yeah. It was. Wow. He he liked to travel light. So very often, if I made him a pair of boots, if he really liked them, because he was very set in his ways. You got to do this. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be better. I want this. So I would do it. And then he'd be like, oh, you were right. You know? (laughs) (laughs) And so if he he really liked a boot, he would ask me to make him a second pair sometimes. Because he'd like to travel you know, with minimal uh, luggage, he would ship a pair in Europe, have a pair on the bus, and have a pair at home. So he could just like grab the boots that were, you know, like wherever he was. So there was a yeah. lot of that. And, 
and he was an exceptionally generous person. He, um, uh, he, he gave a lot away. He gave away a lot of boots. I've met two or three people who told me, I have a pair of boots of yours. I'm like, well, we just met. How did you manage that? They're like, well, Lemmy gave me a pair. Wow. Yeah, you'd be, he would have several pairs in, uh, in his dressing room. And, uh, you know, when people went to shows and went to meet him before or after the show, there'd be boots there, you know, and if they mentioned anything, he was like, oh, try a pair. You know, and if they fit them, he would tell them, just keep them. Wow. With a pair of boots of Lenny's. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. There's a few people out there who have a pair of boots that I made that I never met because Lenny gave them to him. Wow. And he'd be like, yeah, he called me from the road. Let me like, remember the, the last Thunderbird boots? I'm like, yeah, well, make me another pair. <laughs> they usually <laughs> he gave them away. <laughs> Brilliant. It's incredible. The fact that just, just that initial meeting and then uh, and what it all led to. Yeah. Um, but it, but also what's important for what, what's important about that is like, yes, that initial meeting, it sounds like, you know, and people say, oh, that's lucky. You make your own luck. You spent five years doing three hours of sleep a night grinding. That's when you're in a position to be able to make Lemmy a pair of boots because you know you're good enough for him to wear them. I always said that the harder I work, the luckier I get. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's uh, that's uh, it's essential. You know, you gotta you gotta put in the time in whatever you do, whatever yeah. whatever you do in life. You know, you yeah. you don't you want to you just want to get by doing it, or you really want to do it. So how over over all these years, you must have picked up. I mean, literally. So you you've you've learned by trial and error as you go. So the knowledge yeah. you picked up, the, the knowledge of leathers and the different, the way they take color and how they're going to, how they'll wear and what they look like. It, that's just purely been, you know, do it by doing it. it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and reading everything I could, you know, find about, you know, when it's like when I started, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's like I, I made, I made my first pair of boots with a pocket knife and I lasted them with a pair of channel locks that I still have. And after I made my first pair of boots, I'm like, okay, that's going to be a better way. And see, I'm, I'm going to be making boots. So I got to So I went on to the live. I went to the library and I found a book on old leather tools. And I took that book out and I took like, you know, Xerox copies of old, you know, tools that I was going to need. And I went hunting for them. Um, there was a great place in Santa Monica called old tools. And you would, you would, you found tools from, chainsaws to dentistry tools and everything in between they had everything old tools and if you went in there going like leather tools and they would send you to like shelf number six to twelve you know and you went and looked for everything so that's how i got a lot of uh, my stuff also and uh, you know and uh how to say it always looking at a tool uh that it can do more the only right. tool that does only one thing is the knife and the sharpening stone that's the only tools that only does one thing. Every tool is designed for one purpose, but think about it. You will, you will get more out of that tool that yeah. I've always, you know, yeah, I've been that kind of guy. So that's uh, also, you know, what, what helped me also. I'm the, because there was nobody telling me how to do it and what to do. I figured things my way. And that's how a lot of people have told me other bootmakers, Seem like you have a very distinctive style. You're <laughs> right. not yeah. like everyone else is. You have a, you know, and it's like because there, because there was nobody teaching me anything. Yeah. So it it 
organically became what it is. I, I, and I guess that that's that's true. That that through line goes through kind of like acting and being a musician and everything. It's like people who are self-taught as opposed to yeah. who've gone through the education process to learn to yeah. how to do that tend to, you learn have, to do it just yeah yeah you learn to do it their way yeah and then you know yeah that's the thing is you know, it takes a long time to develop your own personal touch to it and uh i started all along straight out the gate first, pay, first was, pair of boots you made was for you <laughs> the first I'll, i have them they're right here oh god yeah oh let me get these things out I keep them hanging here, and I can still see them. Wow! Because okay, look, audio listeners, go to YouTube and watch this. Um, uh, yeah, I mean that—that's your first attempt to making a pair of boots. It's, it's very <laughs> brilliant. First, first, first pair of boots. I used a sewing machine that a friend of mine loaned me. She was making quilts, right. and uh, yeah, so yeah, because you she, need that heavy duty sewing machine. You need a sewing machine, so I, I used a little. A little uh, household sewing machine to make quilts and stuff like that. So then, I, I then I got a real a, a good sewing machine. An interesting story there also, but it's um, yeah, that's the very very first one I made, and it's absolutely god awful. But um, you know, it was twenty six years ago now. You know, yeah, twenty six years ago, and I look at that, I'm like, mm, but it's not like there was anybody to, showing me what to do. Well, so, exactly. I, I, you know, I dread to think what a pair of boots would look like if, if I tried to make them. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, whatever you, you got to start somewhere and here's the, and that's the thing is a lot of people, I I've seen it a lot. People start something and they don't get the, the great results they want to get. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, I can't do that. And yes. stop. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, I can't do that. Well, with this kind of attitude, you're right. You can't, yeah. you yeah. know, it's like just charge it's, at it. I heard a really good phrase the other day. Someone said uh, it, it, it was, um, if you think you can do something or you can't do something, you're probably right. Uh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. You're, you're right both ways. But but I was also thinking it's like, it's not, it, it's like boot making. It's not, um, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. You've got to learn, you've got to learn stitching. You've got to learn carving for the heels. Um uh, you heels learn about dyeing are, leathers and all sorts. Uh, when you make boots, like you know, stuff like this, working yeah. a little, you buy that leather that is already been dyed pink at the tannery, and that right, okay. brown suede has been dyed at the tannery. So when right. you wet your boot, it doesn't bleed out. When you do carving, like the Evil Dead boot, yes, you know, it starts as a raw piece of leather. Yeah, like like this it's just raw leather but this is leather that has been tanned to uh, uh to take an impression so you start with a piece like that and then you you carve it and you end up with something like this right okay yeah and now and now i'm gonna color that yeah so that's, that's the carving process and that's how the evil dead boots were started a flat piece of carving leather that i carved and made the yeah the necronomicon boots yeah yeah incredible incredible um so did let me um did let me um uh recommend any people to you over the years did you did he filter some customers uh, through to you he uh yes and no he tried 
because you mm-hmm. know it was. But uh, somehow the, the you know the, the the guys were the people that he uh, he tried to push were not into cowboy boots. That's so, weird. Well, not everybody is. Yeah, you know? true. But you, so, but, also, but you, I mean, amazing. You were saying earlier you make you make um, wallets as well. I mean, have you turned your hand to basically anything that you can make out of leather? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are certain things. I mean, like leather jackets and stuff, and and things like that. It's more of a tailoring job than what I do. Yeah. So I don't really tackle it. And besides, I know the best one. So if somebody wants a leather jacket, I just send it to my friend. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, the two best jacket makers in the world are close friends of mine. So it's like just, nice. Yeah, you I, don't, I don't suppose you've got a jacket of theirs by any chance. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I relatively, I hardly wear any leather. I wear cowboy boots. That's about it. Right. It's I. I have a leather jacket that was given to me that it's not cold enough to wear. You know, I mean, oh, Southern California, it. it's very enjoyable. It's great, you know. It's, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, a friend of mine was sending me pictures from uh, from where she uh, she lives. She's in Montana. It's already snowing. Yeah. I was I was riding my bike. I was riding my motorcycle yesterday. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's not great here at the moment. So, um, yeah. yeah. I know. My, my, my heart breaks for you. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's you know, it's yeah. California is run by lunatics, but it's definitely, but it's a great place to live in. <laughs> well, I, I look, Lemmy, Lemmy ended up finding home in um in LA. Yeah. Um, which always struck me as which always struck me as kind of bizarre, but um, I don't know. He's, it, I guess that's as as close to a home as he had in his, you know, for for the last sort of twenty years. I mean, because he, he'd been in LA a long time. Yeah, it's funny because I moved to LA in June of 1989, and we talked about it one day. I think he moved in July 89. We pretty much moved to LA at about the same time. You know, we, I remember one day we were like, count, we were counting the days. I think we moved to LA within 30 days of each other. That was uh, that was quite interesting, and we only met each other like 10 years later. Right. You know, so uh, th- that was. Uh, uh, you know that was a strange thing it's uh yeah he was you know but the thing is i don't see uh i don't see lemmy living in the country like i <laughs> you know he's yeah. uh you know, he's he's he, he yeah. was a, he, a city guy you know and and his house like he told me one day he goes you know this is just where i store my stuff i live on the bus yeah that yeah. it's uh it's a very strange life i have several you know i've known i've had several customers who that I've explained their life to me, and I know that I would have made a terrible rock star. Good thing I did not become one. I was right. told by three. So, so was, you've been told you've been told by other rock stars other than Lemmy. I've been told by three big rock stars that I would be a terrible rock star. So, <laughs> you know that. Who, who were they? Uh, well, Lemmy, yeah. D. Snyder, right. and uh, and Blackie Lawless. <laughs> oh, four and four. There's also Arrow the Wild, the singer of Starcrawler. I made a pair of boots for her. Was it about a year ago now? Yeah, uh, absolutely. One of my favorite boots of all time. Oh, really? Yeah, they are black with a P 
pink sacred heart with an arrow going through it and dealt with bootstraps with rhinestones. They're just so, it's like a, a weird mix between like heavy metal country music. It's like, I don't know, like Dolly Parton of the plasmatics. And Arrow is such a darling. She is absolutely wonderful. And she also told me you'd make, you would, you would make a terrible rock star. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that punctuality thing of mine is something that does not exist in that world. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. If it's punctuality you're after, yeah, forget. Punk, it. Yeah, I was. I was, I was told this story uh, by you know my mother. Um, she told me that when she went to the hospital to deliver me, uh, she got to the hospital around midnight, and the doctor told her. Mm, between three and four, I'll see you. And I was born at three thirty. <laughs> Punctuality started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right there. Since the day you were born, since the minute you were born, I was born on time. And, you're you always know, on so, time. Yeah, always. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's like I'd rather be an hour early than a minute late. Oh, mate, I'm exactly the same. Well, what's yeah. that? What's that old? What's um? What's that expression? Um, early is on time. On time is late. Yeah, to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late. And to be yeah. late is fucked up. It's unforgivable. Like yeah. Where I'm from, they say that punctuality is the politeness of kings. They don't, kings don't have to be polite to anyone. But they can show respect by showing up on time. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. So um, so, so, what did Blackie Lawless have to say to you? Because there's a name that... um. Uh, yeah, I, I I know very well. Yeah, uh, Black. Uh, I made some. I made some uh, uh, wrist cuff for him for a uh, uh, for a watch that he uh, that he had. He needed he, ne he needed a custom band for that yeah. watch, and that was uh, just about a year ago. Like uh, yeah, we're in November. Yeah, just about a year ago, and uh, so yeah, we you know we talked about what I do, what he does, and you know and. Uh, because I was very interested, I had I had found out that remember in 1985 the the the, the Senate hearing about um, yeah the the lyrics the stickers on the lyrics and all of that and yeah. D Snyder had been there to uh, to know and there was Frank Zappa D Snyder John Denver uh, there were three D D Frank and John Denver yeah and I had found out that actually. Blackie was there and was supposed to speak also. So I asked him, is it true that you were there? He goes, yeah, I was. And, you know, turned out that, you know, he found out some other stuff that kept him, you know, that he, he decided not to go. And uh, it's really funny. So they were not three there. They were four, but only three spoke. And it's funny because out of the four, I met three. Yeah. John Denver to I go. Met Frank Zappa, but I met John Denver. You've met John Denver. I met John Denver back when I was working at that store that got fired out of in 96. And it was shortly before I got fired. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, it, getting fired is one of the, I, it's one of the mandatory experiences in life. Yeah. There's two things, you know, like you need to see someone die. And, uh, and I mean, someone die in their prime. Not grandpa who's 95 hooked up to a machine that just drifts away. No, no. You need to see someone in full health just get snuffed. You need to see this because you understand how precious life is. Yeah. And then you need to get fired. 
That's <laughs> not on the same day. We're not saying on no, the no, same no. Day I don't recommend that on the same day. It's fine yeah. not to. But, you know, exactly. yeah. but, it, but if it does, well, it does, you know. Exactly, you know. The, in the fact, you might, get, you might get fired for killing somebody. Who knows? Exactly. You know. Exactly. So you see someone die, that's, you understand how precious life is. Yeah. And, uh, and you get fired because you understand that your life means nothing to someone else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You are expendable. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that was also one thing that I realized when I got fired from that job is like, I will get fired from jobs again, unless I become my own boss, unless I work for me. Yeah. So be self-reliant. That's uh, that to me is like the, the lesson. You know, people ask me all the time, but I'm like, be, whatever you do, be self-reliant. Uh, well, I'm, well, very similar to my uh, my own personal motto, which is which is the same thing, but put slightly differently. If you're going to commit murder, do it on your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. But, yeah. you know, a, li a little more dramatic. But the point yeah. is the same. The point yep. is the same. Tell one person you've fucked. Yep. <laughs> so, you know. It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. There are things like that that, uh, you know, yeah, I think, you know, getting fired is a mandatory experience in life mm -hmm. since I died. And, uh, yeah, it's be you know whatever you do in life, be self reliant. Don't count on anybody. So when you um uh you you, you sorted um Blackie's uh watch out. Um, yes. How how would he how would he come to you? Would you just your name had been passed to him? I got a I got a message one day uh, from somebody. Do you know? Would you? Uh, I re I think it's his agent or agent or manager or somebody like that. You know, I want you know my somebody I represent wants to get something made by you is, would you make something like that? Blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, most likely. Yes. But you know, let's talk about it. So he called me and he told me what he wanted and he came over. turns out he lives very close to me. Ah, right, he's, okay. he's about like 15, 20 minutes from me. And, right. uh, so, you know, he came over a couple uh, uh, two, three times, something like that. And, um, I remember the second time he came, he stayed here for a good two, two, three hours. We had a long chat. That was great. Ah, Explained really a lot nice. of things. Like all that crazy stuff that was going on in the uh, uh, in the eighties. Yeah, the PMRC shit and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's like some. Uh, oh, they were front and center. Tom, Tom scares at their shows. Yeah. He told me. He told me there was one tour that they did. I don't. I don't remember what album they were. Uh, uh, they were touring on at that time. But he told me the LA show is the only one where there was not a bomb scare. Wow. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, looking back, you're like, people believe that stuff. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, you, you. I mean, the the Judas Priest trial. It's like, yeah, what, I've got to trial. I know. Yeah, it's like what? What artist wants to kill their audience? Uh, as the great Bill Hicks once said, absolutely. What, what, you know, yeah. What, yeah. Nigel, what Nigel artist, Ian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why do you well, keep the audience? <laughs> I well, can say this again. It just makes you no sense. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Oh, Bill Hicks was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I, that's one. That's one bummer in my life. I never, I never saw Bill Hicks live. No, I never saw him live either. And I'm, and dude, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian. He was a huge influence on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, Hicks, um, Hicks you know, and Carlin, I didn't see, but well, I saw, I saw Kinnison. 
Well, that's the thing about um, uh, Carlin is 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 barely known over here. Um, really? and people and people who do know him, that's purely since the advent of the internet. Um, okay. But I I I I was given a CD of his by a fellow stand-up in probably. 98 2000 and then i went over to san francisco as well and i'd like i got all his catalog um while i was over there um but yeah over here there was but the the weird thing is one of my friend well one of one of my friends comedy promoter who is a promoter of the my favorite venue though is the oldest comedy in in london called downstairs the king's head um he was a carlin fan and he'd have he'd had everybody play there Kinnison, Robin Williams, you name it, everyone's played there. And um, and he was talking to George's agent about coming over and doing a tour. It wasn't it wasn't long after his autobiography had come out, and he said, and he was like, you know, there's 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 people know who he is now, and I think a tour would be really good. Um, so they started talking about it, and um, unfortunately, before they could arrange anything, he um, he passed away. Yeah, his death was very sudden. Yeah, because yeah. oh, you know, I remember seeing him like a couple of years before when he was, you know, he was still very active. Very, he had not slowed down one bit. He was still hundred oh. percent, you know, because sometimes yeah. people are getting old and all of that. Right? But he was, you know, he was old, but he was still the same. Nothing one of had it, yeah, one of his best pieces he's ever done was his very last special, um, mm -hmm. the opening four minutes. You know, I'm a modern man. I mean, yeah, and he, and he just and it, it is just absolutely on point. And his diction is so clear and precise. Oh, it's it, you know, he reminds the the best diction in the world, Eric Idle. <laughs> the guy can just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every syllable is just chiseled no, no, yeah. perfectly. Enunciating is his game. Absolutely, he is he's the best. Eric Idle is. Everybody has a favorite Python. My, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I had the conversation with Lemmy one day. I was like, you know, we everybody has a favorite Python, and his uh, was uh, was yeah, because no more. Uh, Michael Palin was one right. of. I mean, they're all great, and uh, and mine is Eric. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I, I. Well, I've got. I've got to go with. Um, I've got to go with John Cleese, really, because I grew. I grew up. Um, knowing of Monty Python, but the first thing that I really saw was Faulty Towers. Okay. And and so, you know, that was just it for me. That like, you know, yeah. Yeah. So I, I got I got in late because, you know, for a large part of my life I didn't speak English. Right. Okay, of course, yeah. But I remember the first time I uh I saw some Monty Python, it was you know Flying Circus on TV, and I could I I could not really grasp it because it was in the early days I was living here, but I knew that I was watching something exceptional. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And as my English got better and better, I would revisit the Python stuff. And now I'm like, wow, that was, yeah, that was definitely something that was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you come from France or were you coming from French Canada? No, France. Right. Okay. So yeah. where were you, where about, where are you from? Where were you, where were you born? I was born. I was born in Clermont-Ferrand, which is in the uh, Auvergne region in central France, in the Massif Central, uh, about halfway between Paris and Marseille. If you throw it, if you throw a dart in the French map, right in the middle is pretty much where I am, where I'm from, right. in the mountain, where it's uh, really bad weather. 
and, and so you, and so you went to you went to the state the states do you go to la to be an actor no i came to la to uh to go to the musician institute i was a bassist ah right okay right now we're getting so somewhere. I was 89 to go to the musician institute and i never left right. and uh you know, when uh, in '91, when like the whole uh, Nirvana thing happened, you know, like the the noise, the noise from the Northwest—that's what I call it. Uh, I just, I just went. That's it. It's over. I'm not interested in doing this. And that was that. I never played again. Just, wow! Right. Yep. I was just. Comp- I just lost all interest at that point. Everyone in LA suddenly, like you know, like you know, shaved their heads and just went depressed and mumbling, you know, trying to recreate the noise from the Northwest. And I was like, no, not for me. Yeah, and lumber, uh, lumber, lumberjack shirts and um... yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, nah. it's uh, the, I never understood that to this day when I listened. I, I mean, you can't avoid it. Some, somewhere somebody's going to play some Nirvana or stuff like that. And I'm like, there's nothing there. Sorry. Sorry, grunge fans. I don't get it. You yeah. know, you probably... I know no, you don't I'm, get it. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, how are you with Soundgarden? Same. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do hate it all of it. Yeah. Yeah, all that grunge <laughs> stuff was like... Soundgarden, Soundgarden's the high watermark for me. Um... Uh, yeah, I, can, in, in you that, know. That's, I would say in that style, yes, they are the better one. That's true. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I, yeah, I'm not really a fan. I'm not going uh, uh, I'm, I'm to jump on the radio to turn it off if Soundgarden comes on. Yeah, there are the, a few select acts that I reserve that for. <laughs> so what kind? So what, yeah. So what kind of music were you playing then? That 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 this was such an impact on you. I was I was into stuff like you know like. Basic fun rock. I really like that the LA sound of that time of the late 80s. You know, one of my favorite bands ever is Junkyard. And right. Uh, okay. I know where you're coming from now with your hatred. You know, Junkyard, I think Junkyard uh, succeeded where Guns N' Roses failed at being the American Rose statue. Because uh, everybody's like, you know, you know, Guns N' Roses. I'm like, I never got into it because I like Rose Tattoo. They, I listen to the teachers, not the students. And do you know what, Pascal? I'm the reason why I'm smiling so much is the fact that there's only one other person, and it's not me. But there's, the, but suffice to say, you know, you came on the motorcast, and um, you know, we had we had a really great chat. We've stayed in touch. You kindly sent me some some st- uh, boot measurements and everything, which I never got done, unfortunately. Um, but I was, I've been really looking. I will. But I'm really looking forward to speaking to you again. And this this really, really just illustrates why you are the you are the only person in the world that thinks that about Junkyard other than my best friend (laughs) (laughs) who has the same fucking theory. I'm I'm in good company. Yeah, you are indeed. Honestly, I, I, I honestly. go for quantity, not quantity. I don't. I don't yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go see them again in uh, in February. You know what's oh, really great right. is they never they never achieved the success they deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And, well, and, well and, you know, you know the um, you know the photograph on the. I, I'm going really deep now, right? But um, Metallica, the Load album. 
right, mm-hmm. where they changed image. There's okay. a there's a picture of them on the back, and they've got yeah. short hair now, and they're sat around a table playing cards, and there's like a bottle of Jack on the table or something like that. Yeah, and I and I remember my friend because we you know both Metallica friends. My, I remember my my friend picking up the CD, showing it to me, and going, "That's fucking junkyard, that is." They have yeah. ripped that off, Junkyard. Yep, that's uh, yeah, it's from the album uh, <laughs> Seven Sticks and Lines. For listeners, yeah. he's, he's digging out the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, uh, and the other LA band that I really liked was Faster Pussycat, like <laughs> oh my God. sleazy, sleazy rock band, <laughs> just like this super sleazy that I absolutely loved, and um. Same thing, you know. It's as they came on the tail end of the LA scene, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's there were so many bands that the image had become something that you know. Then the image changed. Now you had to be a, a, a depressed neurotic from Seattle. It, it was just you know, it's like yeah, it was. Oh, uh, nobody, mean, nobody was booking good time rock and roll bands. That's for sure. No, no, no. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go see uh, Junkyard in February because they're still out there, man. I see them yeah. too, I, usually a couple times a year. I bet, I bet you love the Bullet Boys. I like Bullet Boys, yes. Yeah. Uh, Mark, Mark Torian, uh, absolutely incredible voice. Uh, yeah, yeah, I knew. Um, I, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I hear from my uh, from my friend. I'm just cheating now. I think the two. I think the two of you know, must know each other privately. Uh, this, 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 this setup. Um, yeah, but uh, I, you know, it's like in music. I go also. The thing is, I don't. I listen to so many things. Like alphabetically, I go from ABBA to ZZ Top. You know, because yeah. uh, there are so many great stuff up there, and there's so many great stuff no one's ever heard of. Yeah. And stuff that I never heard of and that I, I even I have never heard of and discovered by accident. Or, you know, one day you go, uh, I recently went into a deep dive on uh, Gordon Lightfoot because I had heard like a song or two of his, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, good stuff, you know. And um, and not that long ago, and I'm talking about a, a month ago, I spent like, a, like an entire week of, you know, because... I'm at my bench all day long, like eight, ten hours a day. So I have been you know, listening to podcasts and a lot, a lot of opera. It's my favorite thing. And uh, you know, and I, I just did a, a deep dive on Gordon Lightfoot and listened to the, everything I could find of his. And what a giant that guy was! Yeah, absolutely phenomenal storyteller. And uh, yeah, it's a big loss. You know, he, he died this year. It's a uh, it's very sad, but you know we all go. We all go. Uh, and you know it, it's um, it's hey, it's it's a hazard. Death. It is a bit of yeah. It is a hazard, and it's coming. Life is long. a suicide No one gets out alive. You know, Absolutely, like uh, let, yeah. let me told me one day. You know, the idea is to die young as late as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, nice lately, word, I've, yeah, I've been. Uh, I discovered, well, it's not that I discovered. I've been into them since 2019, but I discovered them by accident. Uh, this Japanese band called Bandmade. All right. They're like okay. five guys. Mus- musicianship from hell. And wow, really, really, really songs. And five really cute, young, cute young women. I mean, they're oh, really pretty. What kind of music? It's like, it's heavy metal. Right, okay. And, 
They're dressed like little like cafe maids. Apparently, like 10, 12 years ago, there was this big fashion fad in uh, in in Japan where they would have these cafes where the girls would be dressed like like you know the the the, the anime characters like Sailor Moon and Cat's Eye Girls, you know stuff like that. You know they're right, dressed yeah. like. Like made outfits. Oh yeah, very Japanese. Yeah, yeah. And the 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 one of the girls, Miku, the creator, the starter of the band. She was working at one of these bands, and she at one of these cafes. She was taking guitar lessons. She wanted to start a band, and she had the idea of like doing a band of girls like that. And she, you know, she was taking lessons, guitar lessons from a girl named uh, Konami, who's a stellar guitar player i saw them live twice it's phenomenal to see her play and uh you know and konami knew the drummer who knew the bass player and eventually you know it's like they formed the band they are absolutely exceptional i saw them in august they were in la uh and i saw them again i saw in october 22 and i saw them in august of this year and they are phenomenal so what's the name of the band again band made i know it's probably the worst name ever Band made, as in M A I D. M A I D, yeah, band made. Right, and okay. they made an album that I absolutely because I like. I'm I'm trying to learn Japanese. It's very difficult. Yes, yeah, it's, no so it's the everything's the opposite of what we do. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, you know. Well, even the way, I mean, yeah, the way the language is written, the way you read, it's not. Yeah, it's, and, it's, yeah, it's very it's... difficult, but I'm, I'm making progress. It's not going to happen overnight. And um, so I tried to immerse myself in the, you know, and I discovered that I really like Japanese music. Right. It's very, you know, it's like, it's got these really cool instruments and they made an album. Uh, it's only like a six tracks album, you know, that uh, I had to find it in Japan and have it shipped. And it's, uh, it's the album called Band Meiko. Meiko is an apprentice geisha. A geisha, you you become a geisha. It's like well, you have finished your journey. You are not a geisha. Uh, you start as a meiko, meiko, and so they made that album. It's not band made. It's band meiko, and they did a few videos where they are dressed in traditional garb and all that. But they play their song with traditional Japanese instruments, like uh, uh, like uh, uh, shamisen and uh, and koto, you know, stuff like that. And it gives it like a, it's heavy metal with like really strong guitar, but a shamisen over it super good right. absolutely super good just uh where is it? i have it right here under a pile of other shit but yeah <laughs> bang made <laughs> command um you know the japanese they're like a, a race of engineers they're like the germans of the middle east when they do something they do it right they do it right so yes um, yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. and so yeah. when, with you being into all of this with you being into all of this kind of like you know faster pussycat and stuff like that presumably you were a twisted sister fan as well yeah i like twisted sister yes i Me really too. like uh, stay hungry that album is especially since they remastered it a few years ago d snyder gave to d gave me a copy of it because the original oh, look one... at you look at you dropping names all over the yeah place. absolutely well you know yeah because i always do okay everyone who listens to <laughs> stay hungry will tell you the same thing where's where's the bass <laughs> yeah like he wasn't there that day they did not record the bass it's like you know that was always to me that was like it, the songs are so powerful and um but it doesn't have the bottom end and uh, uh when i met d that's a long time ago now probably 15 years ago, uh, we, you know, we talked about that. And I told him Stay Hungry was such a great album, but the sound wasn't there. 
You were so much prettier than what album that than what that that album sounds like. And I was seeing him the following day, and he goes, "We here's the the new one remastered, and you hear Mendoza, <laughs> and it's really good. It's called Steel. It's it, they renamed it. They call it Steel Hungry, and it's uh, it's really good." I'm going to check that out because I don't think I've heard, and I love that album. I absolutely love that album. Yeah. I, I mean, the new, the new the new mix on it, the bass is really present. It's much. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I I love that album, and, uh, and 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 also come out and play that followed it. That because that was the tour that I saw them on. And um, okay, I never saw them. Actually, no, I'm lying. I saw them twice. I saw them twice with the original members too. Because uh, AJ Perro died a few years ago. Yeah, but yeah. I saw, I saw them when they, you know, when they did their uh, their Christmas album. Oh yeah, they Twisted toured Christmas, on Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, and they toured on it, and I saw them twice, two years in a row. So, uh, oh, man. Pretty... I, yeah, no, I, I saw them back on um, yeah the Come Out and Play tour, and uh, yeah, Dee Schneider is within yeah he's in the top five best front men that oh, yeah. I've ever seen. Just. Yeah, yeah absolutely amazing just blew me away wait, wait until you see psyche <laughs> psyche of ben made oh really well, yeah she, a little woman that has such a command of a crowd i saw them cool. twice and literally like i'm like that little girl right there is in total control of this crowd she could well, just like send people do anything well as soon as this is finished as soon as this is finished, I'm gonna I, I am I'm gonna go and um, I'm gonna go and search them out. Actually, if I may recommend something, look for the song. Uh, you go to YouTube and you look for the song called uh, "Can't Live Without You," but yeah. just the song without any video, right. because so you hear them before you see them. Right. Okay. Because, yeah. Because the visual is so interesting that a lot of people <laughs> oversee the music, and right now you're gonna hear yeah. them. That's a, that. That's why. That's why you shut your eyes when you really want to listen to music because you have yes. to. You have to cut the senses down because you do listen with your eyes. Yes, and you will be distracted by what you're looking at. You have to shut I, your eyes. That's. Uh, um, I read a really great book by a guy named David McGowan, who's dead. He died. He was in good health, and suddenly he wrote that book, and he had a what is it? A fast acting cancer. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we're, but yeah. we're back to death again. Yeah, that that book is called Weird Scenes, Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon. It's about the whole Laurel Canyon scene of the 60s. Because the everyone oh, thinks God. like the peace movement, the anti-war and all that, everyone thinks it was in San Francisco. Not true. The summer of love, the stinky hippies in San Francisco was one thing, but the music was coming from LA and specifically Laurel Canyon. And it was a psyop. Oh all right. The, all these guys are the sons, daughters, nephews, grandchildren of military intelligence people. Right. Okay. That's they were anti-war people. They were all of draft age during Vietnam. Nobody went. <laughs> <laughs> right. If government wanted to, like, if they wanted to stop the anti-war movement, they could have just sent all these guys to Vietnam. That would have been over in a week. No, nobody went. And they were just promoting, they were just doing like the outright promotion of drugs and all that stuff. And they were supposed to be anti-establishment. The establishment could have crushed them and didn't. And a lot of houses burned. 
<laughs> a lot yeah. of houses burned in Laurel Canyon. So yeah, weird scenes inside the canyon by David McGowan. That's a mandatory read. Oh wow! Right, okay. I'm gonna. I, yeah. I, I'm I, well. I'm catching up on Japanese culture, and my book collection is getting a little. Yeah, you, actually, the great thing also with uh, Dave McGowan before he died, he did uh, quite a few uh, uh, like podcasts and interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. So you type David McGowan, we are seeing inside the canyon. You will have interviews of him where he explains and presents his book. That's how right. I found out about. It. Right. Well, I, I will definitely check that out. Yeah, and I went and and I ordered the book that night. And uh, that's really changed a lot of things for me. And uh, and his other book, Program to Kill, also about how a lot of mass murderers appear to have been MK Ultra victims. So, um, wow, yeah, yeah, bizarre. So, um, I, I can see. Can I see a pair of Lemmy boots behind you? Yes, that's the yeah. That is that. That's the classic, is it? That's one pair. I mean, yeah, it's that's one pair. That's one pair of his boots that I still have. And right. here's why. Uh, because of his diabetes, um, his legs would swell up or shrink down sometimes. Uh, right, yeah. And he was, and you know that he, he wore his pants stuffing. This is based on a Polish cavalry uh, badge that he had. He's like, make me a pair of boots with this. So that was that. And, um, so because of his diabetes, his legs would sometimes swell up. I mean, I've seen them where they were like this. They were, and they were hot as rock. Diabetes is something serious. And uh, so I made him these boots and he was very adamant about, um, you know, he wore his pants tucked in and he wanted the boot to just be like perfectly in the continuation of the pants. You know, that yeah. was, it was very specific about that. So I made the boots all, you know, always a little bit smaller than they technically should be just to make him happy. And he was always happy. And one day, so I made him these boots and between the time he ordered them and the time he had, the, and the times they were completed, his legs had really, really swollen and there was no way he was, he was going to be able to, uh, uh, to fit in them, but he really, really liked them. He loved that design. It's like, just, so I, I remeasured his legs and I remade the boot, but with a bigger shaft and I kept this one. So um, right. so I have one of these boots that he almost managed to get his foot in. <laughs> <laughs> you can see they've never been worn. <laughs> oh, that's, but that is a lovely thing to have. That is a lovely thing to still have. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. And they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I have his. And I always have this with me. That's his last. Ah right. See, I, IFK. <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I keep. You know, uh, you may have heard five years ago there was a big fire in California called the Woolsey Fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, it happened around here, and right. I was in an I was in an evacuation zone. We got the you know the alarm on the phone at like three in the morning to evacuate and. Oh, actually, they said to prepare to evacuate. So we prepared. So I came down to the shop and I took the uh, uh, I took the boots that I was working on at the time. I'm like, if everything goes up in smoke, at least I have these things, you know, done. I, yeah. I can stop. So I took my uh, my rack of tools, uh, the essential tools that I would need, the boots that I was working on, and this. Wow. 
and I, I still have his file. So, um, so, so, what are they called, by the way? Because they are clearly for for listeners, they're the they're the model that you you know you shape the oh, that, around. That's called a last. Ah, right. Yeah, In, yeah. Boot making is an interesting thing. The last comes first. Ah, and, right. Okay. And you and you and you put square you put square pegs in round holes. If you. <laughs> That's that's bootmakers. Well, I, I, and that must be what makes you such a good bootmaker because you know you're a Frenchman in LA. You're a square peg in a round hole, but it it, it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's, it's that's yeah. Bootmaking is a it's very interesting. I love it. I miss it when I'm not doing it. Last week, my house had to be tented. Uh, you know, oh bugs, or termites. Yeah, uh, yeah. Contrary to popular belief, earthquakes don't cause that much damage to surf structures in California. Most structure damage is caused by uh, termites. Yeah. So uh, we had to, you know, and my house is shaped really, really strange, you know. So uh, it was a difficult job, and we were gone for like three days. And we were in a hotel room. I was climbing the walls. It's like I should be working. I have boots to make. Well, there's nothing to do, you know. It's like so. Yeah. Oh, hang on! You're, you're, hang on! Your 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 house is really strangely shaped. Please don't yes. tell me that you decided to build a house. No, <laughs> no, no. Okay, no, no, no. That no, that that building houses would that'd be uh -oh. interesting. Yeah. Uh -oh. I, no, the, lately, I've, I I did I did a, a little bit of a. I'm I'm going to go deeper. I need to go deeper into that. Uh, have you heard of this architectural uh, type called brutalism? Yes, 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 yes. It's strangely beautiful in its ugliness. Yeah. It's like that Soviet post-war. Yeah, it's jagged. It's 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 ugly, but it's not ugly. Yeah, it's ugly, austere, but it it, it has a personality that is I find attractive. It's very hard. It's very kind yes. of like it's uh, I don't know if if brutalism was a band, it'd be craft work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Rammstein, craft work, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Ice Icebreaker. You know, you know these guys. No, more Rammstein and craft work. To be honest, Ram yeah, Ram I love Rammstein. Uh, I never saw so much fire in my life. Yeah, insane. The show insane. ends when they run out of propane. And I think that yeah. they back up, they back up the tank. There's a truck that backs up. They run hoses when when they run out of gas. That's it. Well, I, I went, I went to see them in, um, I went to see them in Wales last year, and mm -hmm. um, the uh, the Cardiff nine 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 service, the nine one one service, uh, kept getting people ringing up telling them that the Principality Stadium was on fire. Yes, and, uh, but but all of the dispatch callers have been told to tell everybody you know like no don't worry it's not on fire it's a german heavy metal band Rammstein. <laughs> everything's under control yeah I, I saw something funny that was uh a year ago something like that you see like just a stadium with fire you know and they're like meanwhile in ukraine <laughs> that was pretty good and yeah, uh it's insane I, uh yeah they I know yeah I think I think they played uh they played L A but I don't I don't I don't do stadium shows. Oh mate, honestly, I don't do stadium shows. The only band I would go and see in a stadium is Rammstein, and that's because yeah. they they make it feel like it's not a stadium. Yeah, it's just uh... the way the the way they do it. They you know the whole show is for the whole audience. 
the whole crowd. And if yeah. you think you're going to be what, yeah, they'll switch the stage on you. They'll, there's all sorts. I mean, yeah. look, I, I traveled through four countries in one day to see them. So, you know, I'm a bit of a He's, fan. Yeah, I, I love these guys. Absolutely love them. Yeah, I saw them twice. The I saw them at the forum. It's the last time I went to the forum. That was that was really good. And then I saw them at the Anaheim Pond, where they I mean they entered stage by crossing through the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that tour, made in Germany tour. Yeah, and you're like, wait a minute, it's like all these stuntmen? Is that the band or what? And then you find out, oh no, it's them. They just walk through yep. the crowd right back. And they've got uh, all with flags. Yes. And they go and they went across the roof. Yeah, yeah. Like, and oh. there, was, there was a bridge. There was a bridge coming down. Yeah. They were yeah. crossing. Yeah, I know. and it's like you're watching it going, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, you know? they are so I, great. I, you know, I've I've been to hundreds of live shows, and and, and as is, they're with friends, and they and they keep turning turning to me, going, "What's going on?" What I'm just like, I don't know. You know? Yeah. Like, not a clue. I'm wondering how much does does one of these shows cost? Oh, a phenomenal amount of money. Yeah, a phenomenal amount of money to put that to put that stuff on. You know, it's um, like these these tours are. I mean, not that we're not getting ripped off on the price of tickets, but uh, these uh, you know because you know the bands get a flat fee more or less. You know. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's it, it, it. This is this is the. Funnily enough, that tangentially, that is um one of the arguments that people uh, currently have or the problem they have with premier league footballers saying that they earn too much money and that you know um oh look at you know so and so is earning like you know a million pound a week and yet you know look at the nurses um yeah. it, it, it's a completely but it's a completely wrong headed yes. comparison because those those people who are footballers or you think of as footballers well they're now paid as entertainers because that is what they are and i and and who better to be getting properly paid a shitload of money than the people who are actually involved in delivering the entertainment in other words the artists mm -hmm. you know my, I, I had this i had the same conversation with my sister a few years ago when uh when david beckham went to finish his career to play at uh, psg in paris and he, and he got wages away, and the, and the the, yeah. the amount of money was absolutely ungodly, and he just gave it all away. It's like, like no, I just want to play. All all the money went to the the Paris uh, uh, Children's Hospital. He went yeah. there and played. He finished, I think, like three four months of the regular season for playing for free, yeah. and and my sister was like, all that money to just kick a ball, and I told her no, <laughs> like no, because I can kick a ball. Nobody's gonna drop a dime to see it. Yeah. He gets that money to fill up a stadium because he does. Yeah, yeah. When no, he you're you're absolutely reality. right. But also, you can be you can be really reductive like that. It's like, well, surgeons just chop people up. Uh, no, no. Pi pilots yeah. just 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 fly a plane. So bus drivers yeah, just drive a bus, bus whatever. The, yeah, yeah, just a bus in the sky. Yeah, you could. You know, you can. <laughs> you, you if you're gonna be that reductive, you can turn yeah. anybody's job into a piece of shit. Oh, absolutely! You know, I'm just a guy who sniffs glue. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I would say I, I I do stand up, I sing in a band, I do a podcast. So my catchphrase is "will work for uh, will talk for food." Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, good. 
yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's uh, yeah, you yeah, you can reduce everything to just that. Oh, it's just like you know, it's like same thing, you know, with the you know, with any sports, any entertainment, or anything like that. It's like uh, I read somewhere that Taylor Swift's tour was the most profitable tour of all time. Yeah, yeah. She gave right. a she gave a bonus. She gave an amount of money as bonus for all the people that worked on the tour, $55 million. I believe it, man. I can believe it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No bonus. Yes. Uh, well, you know, the girl's got I'm something. Someone who bought a ticket for $2,000. I, I know. I know. I mean, I'm, a, I'm amazed anyone paid $2, but she's got something. I, I don't know what it is. I, I, know, I know the name. I know the face. I never heard one of her songs. Uh, yeah, I, I know one or two. Um, but funnily enough, um, I, I, I was, I was reading the other day, amazing stuff. I think it was, it was one of the 2020s, either 21 or 20, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, they said the top, um, the top three selling, sorry, the top five selling female artists of that year. And number one was Taylor Swift. And number two was Adele and Taylor Swift had twice the sales that so basically what i'm saying is there's a big one and then there was just a drop off after that yeah you yeah know? she makes twice what number two makes yeah I mean, yeah. it's not what she makes it's it's what she generates because there's you know uh, yeah there's that that's yeah, yeah. the money that they generate the money they make of you know different things like you know like uh i think it was the rolling stones a few years ago charlie was still alive they went on tour and essentially, they were like $5 million each to go on tour. And Fair they just enough. went. All the money was handled, blah, blah, blah. They just went to tour because, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. They yeah. play. They, 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 I, I, Lemmy told me that one day. He goes, you get, you start making music because you like it. You play with your friends. You have fun. And one day you realize, you mean, I can make a living doing this? You know? And, uh, and he goes, and eventually, late, late in life, You've made money, some more than others, but the thing that the constant, what remains the same is, you know, you're still doing what you loved. Yeah. That's, you know, like he told me, do you think ACDC needs money? Do you think Mick Jagger needs money? <laughs> like, no, yeah. they go out there because they are there. They're in it for it. Like I always say, whatever you do in life, you be in it for it. When I hear rock stars, dumb rock stars, going like, yeah, man, I'm rocking roll for pussy and drugs. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. you're not too bright. Because you yeah. could have been in porn or you could have been pushing drugs. You would have never had to lug an amp in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, man. Good point. I like that. Yeah. You're in it for it. I'm in boot making for boot making. Yeah. I will never be rich. I will not be famous. Because I don't care. It's not what I'm after anyway. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I want to make boots. Yeah. Make great boots. That's that's my motivation. Well, speaking of which, I want to get, I want a pair of great boots made by you. Um, so have, um, that, that is going to happen one day. I know you sent me everything. Um, just had a, an unfortunate turn in uh, in life at the time. But um, yeah, look, I, Pascal, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I really can't. I just want to say thank you. Well, we can make we can make it a yearly thing. <laughs> Absolutely, and that might well happen. I had such a good time doing that. 
and I hope you had a great time listening. Um, that brings us to the end of this episode of Talking Bollocks. As always, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you feel like doing some reviews, can you do some, please? Um, hasn't been any for a while, so even if you hate it, you're still listening, that's a start, then uh, please do give me a review somewhere. And um, you know what? I'll be speaking to you all very soon. Cheers.